Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman, host of the Hoffman Show. Three to six on the team, nine eighty. Uh, together, we host countdown to kickoff on Sunday mornings before the games. Ten a.m. is when we get started. Of course, Logan also played ten years in the NFL. Six in Washington, uh, one in Atlanta. One Logan in Atlanta. Boston Bowl, mm-hmm. part four on the year, part, I believe. Yeah, there's been uh, a lot of crossovers this year. Uh, and, and as always, I put those things in reverse order of importance. Uh, all right. When you look at the Washington offense against this Atlanta defense, there's not a lot going on on this Atlanta defense. They've given yeah. up a lot of points in the last five games as well. Uh, how would you be attacking them if you were Scott Turner? So I think there's a couple of things you got to be aware of. And I think Pease, which is the defensive coordinator's name, he does a really, I don't say good job, but his philosophy has shifted from when he was in Tennessee prior to this. Tennessee, prior to this, it was like bombs over Baghdad every single play. Here, they seem to be adopting more of like a cover three, cover four, Tampa two um, uh, kind of philosophy. You know what I mean? And um, and I think that that is something um, that that kind of is a uh, – he's inviting you to throw the ball underneath. And he's, and he's kind of demanding that you be patient with the football. And when – when they do get into, you know, third down situations, they play a lot of man coverage and it's a little bit different type of man coverage. They play man coverage that allows them to double in certain areas and let the safeties kind of roam free, which is a little bit unusual. And they're not bringing a lot of pressure with it. So if I am Scott, like I'm basically saying like Taylor, like we can play a boring football game this week, right? We can be as boring as we want because we're going to have to check the football down and really bide our time to find these shot plays down the field. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, you, you mentioned the defense is not overly vaunted, and I don't disagree with you, but there are a couple guys to be aware of. Uh, Grady Jarrett is one of the best, probably top five interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Very disruptive on first and second down. I think he's, like, close to leading the league in tackles for loss or some crazy statistic like that. And um, is obviously very disruptive, so understanding where he's at. Arnold Ebiquete is their rookie from Penn State, who they drafted in the second round, who's been able, as of late, to start generating a lot of pressures. And then, obviously, A.J. Terrell is one of the best young corners in the NFL. So I think they're they're kind of finding their identity. They're obviously a little bit understaffed on defense. They do have pieces, more pieces than, like, Houston, for example. And I think it's important to understand their philosophy. They are okay. They're okay with giving up a little bit of yardage and um, – 
and kind of saying, uh, you know, our defense is going to shorten it, or our offense is going to shorten this game. We just need, I can't, we need to keep you from scoring lots of points very quickly. And that's kind of what they're doing. So basically they're almost inviting, they're inviting quarterbacks, but they're specifically inviting Heineke this week to, to go Heineke mode and kind of get, get <laughs> bored, get bored taking a profit, so to speak, and yeah. try to force the ball. You know what I mean? Try to force the ball where he shouldn't be forcing it. Yeah, so Jarrett is fourth in the NFL in sacks by defensive tackle. Javon Hardgrave for Philly has seven. Payne's got six and a half. Allen's got six and a half. And then Jarrett has five and a half. He's also third in tackles for loss at 10 behind Allen and Payne, as previously mentioned. So he is right up there, basically right behind those guys with Aaron Donald, with Hargrave, yeah. uh, as, as the best performing defensive tackle in the league this year. You know, Derek Brown's up there in, in certain categories, uh, you know, as well. But he is... He is disruptive, uh, certainly. You know, Washington obviously has been on this very run-heavy kick as of late. Yeah. Um, when you look past Terrell, there's not a lot in the secondary, and the pass rushers aren't amazing. So would you take yeah. a few more chances in the pass game this week? What opportunities present itself there, especially now that you know all three guys are healthy? Like You can only put Terrell on one of yeah. uh, Samuel, McLaren, Dotson. So what opportunities present there and how, how tempting is it to lean a little bit heavier on the pass game this week? Yeah, I mean, I think as much as it would seem from a personnel standpoint, you'd want to do that, I would be reluctant Don't do to it. do that. It's a trick. I, I, yeah, my, it's a trick. My question was a setup. It's a trick. Yes. It's a trick, right? And, um, you know, they do have some good pass rushers. Lorenzo Carter is also very dynamic. They kind of play this 3-4 structure. So they do have some some juice up front. You know, their nickel cornerback, uh, Isaiah Oliver, is a very good football player, former second-round pick, a guy that I played with when I was there. So they do have some pieces, obviously, but nothing super dynamic. But, yeah, be okay doing boring stuff. Be okay punting the football. They are expecting you to get bogged down, to get bored, to throw the football to them, right? And I will say Pease also does a really nice job of throwing in little tiny wrinkles. Like they run a lot of Tampa 2 in sub-personnel. So that's like when you when the offense has 11 on the field, right? They run a lot of Tampa 2. And all of a sudden he'll throw in this Tampa 2 invert. And the guys playing the halves are different players. You know, the guys playing the flats are different players. And it really confuses quarterbacks, and they put the ball in harm's way. When that happens, it's okay. Take a sack. Don't turn the football over. This team is going to beat you off of you making a mistake on offense and making a mistake on special teams. Like, that's how they beat you, right? Because, like, you know offensively they're not going to put up a ton of points. They're going to beat you up offensively. They're going to try and possess the football. They're going to go on long drives. But if they can't do that, which I would hypothesize that they can't, right, there is no need for you to stress to stress and put the ball in, in risky situations, right? So it's okay to punt. It's okay to be conservative. It's okay to check the ball down. I would really harp on that as much as I possibly could. To, if I'm Scott this week, it's okay to do that. Yeah, the other thing too is, remember how good your game plan was last week? How dynamic yeah. it was? Uh, how well you mixed up run pass? How much you used motion? How, how many different guys got the football? Run that one back. Yeah, that's going to work every week to an extent, right? And and it got you twenty points by halftime. Obviously, part of that was a pick six, um, but it, it it gets you where you need to go. Not only early do you score some points in the first half, but it sets you up if you want to continue that into the second half to take some shots to do some things. You didn't have to last week. You just went back to a very simple run game because the game was not in doubt. But 
getting all those guys involved is going to be the path forward to being successful offensively. And it doesn't necessarily mean you come out and you start off with three straight runs. You just run, run, run inside zone, outside zone, whatever. Like you run, you pass it someone first and second down. You put it in their head that, Hey, we will take advantage of that stuff that you're giving us. But still by the end of the game, by by the time that everything plays out, you're still 60 plus percent run. Like yeah. that, that is the formula to me that, that should be the answer every single week. And this week, it's just a little bit more exposed in terms of what you can do in the passing game because of personnel and, and kind of what they do for Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that makes me a little bit nervous about this game plan is I don't know what Taylor Heineke's splits are at the moment, but like last week, his splits versus zone versus man were pretty dynamically different. He wasn't very good versus zone. Last mm-hmm. week against Houston, you saw a lot of man-to-man coverage or more than you would see kind of on average. And this week on third down, a lot of man, but on first and second down, more zone, right? So just being aware of, if you're Scott, of speaking to his strengths, understanding the types of zones they run. It's not like they're running these crazy match zones. It's like spot drop zones. There's going to be space. Taking what they give you, I think, like when you said that, that is the perfect articulation of what they need to do. Take what they give you. Don't press the football. You know what I'm saying? Don't try yeah. to force the big play. It's okay if you're on third and two and you're, you know, it's a third and eight. The receiver gets seven. That's okay. It's okay because if you throw a pick there, trying to force it to the dig behind, like that's bad ball, right? So that would be my one, uh, my one or two thoughts on that. And I think it's, it's not overly complex. <clears throat> In a weird way, this team is very. They're very they're built in a very similar way to the commanders. I think the commanders' defense is significantly better, but they they need to insulate quarterbacks. They're asking their defense to win football games for them. They're really relying heavily on the run game. And so, to me, if if you can just be a little bit more efficient offensively than they are, which this offense should be able to, because they can actually throw the football, right? You should be okay. And that's that's where I think we're at is just don't screw it up. Yeah. So last thing, you mentioned it briefly, but I wanted I wanted to stop down on special teams this week because Atlanta's return games, both kickoff and and punt, are the best in the NFL. Yeah. Uh Atlanta is averaging actually sorry, their punt definitely is their kickoff return is second best in the NFL uh, behind Baltimore. They're averaging 27.6 yards per kickoff return. Baltimore up at 29. Uh they do have a 103-yard touchdown return in that uh that space on the year as well and then punt return average they're averaging 17.4 yards per punt return dang that's that is a monster number uh by comparison washington is averaging 7.8 uh their punt returner is uh avery williams avery williams man who is a good for backup corner Avery, yeah, excellent uh, job. 5'9", 195, uh, fifth-round pick in 21 out of Boise State. So he is averaging 17.4 yards per punt return. Trestway's obviously had another fantastic year. By the way, by the way, if you are someone who enjoys high-quality YouTube content, Tressway mic'd up from the Philly game. <laughs> 13 minutes of gold. <laughs> Buddy, when he took that hit uh, after yeah. the first drive, the the number of gollies you get high quality normally we promote the commander's youtube channel just out of a out of being nice so the people can get more of your analysis but hop on over the, you're welcome commanders don't say i never did anything nice for you Tressway <laughs> mic'd up high high quality entertainment 
Anyway, he's also a high-quality punter, but his ability to uh, force fair catches is going to be very important this week, and obviously the coverage team has an enormous role to play in that as well. But when you do punt, look out, because that short field uh, that you're trying to avoid via the pick can come very quickly with a quality punt return with this unit. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I'm really, I knew they were doing well on punt. I didn't know they were doing that well, which is exceptional. Um, I will say, obviously, that comes down to Percy Butler, Reeves, and Christian Holmes in terms of how they handle, you know, being the gunners on punt and being your personal protector and getting down there and forcing those fair catches. Those guys have done an excellent job of that. So that'll be a really interesting matchup to keep an eye on. Those guys on the edges of that punt team getting down and, and then covering those kicks. Um, the kickoff return thing I'm not as worried about because I think that number is drastically inflated by that kickoff return from last week. Um, and, and from what I understand, and what, what Cordell Patterson has said, is that once he had the record, he would no longer be returning kickoffs. So that might just be a little bit of cheek, like cheeky wink, wink, nod, nod type of thing. <laughs> But well, I, Avery Williams is, is the other guy, and he's right. the punt returner guy that we just talked about. So it ain't like the backup's bad. Right. But I'm saying, obviously, Cordell Patterson yeah. might be the best kickoff return guy in NFL history. So I right. would prefer, no offense to Avery Williams, while he's an outstanding <laughs> punt returner. I don't right. care if he's returning kicks the same way. So, um, so yeah, obviously, I think that would be hugely uh, beneficial for this team. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, as much as he says he's not going to return kicks, like, He's one of the best in the NFL for a reason, right? And if you need him to return kicks, I'm sure Arthur Smith is like, pop back there for one. And he's a guy that I was talking to Tress Way about this the other day, actually, who stands at the end line. I didn't notice this, but Tress pointed out because Tress is a brilliant dude. Stands at the end line and is always running forward. So no matter where the ball is, he's catching it at a full speed sprint. And I said, Tress, that doesn't seem like good process. He's like, it's a terrible process, but he wants to score touchdowns. So he's he's back there to score a touchdown. He's not that back there to pad his average or pad his, uh, his, his percentage or whatever. He's back there to return it for a touchdown. So I think understanding the type of personality you're dealing with back there is really significant. And I think, um, you know, he's a very special player. Like I said, maybe the best kick returner in NFL history. When you look at how few returns he's had to how many touchdowns he's got, a fearless returner, and that's one of the things that makes him an excellent running back. I wouldn't expect to see him back there, but, you know, you never know. If it's a tight game, you need to play. Like, you've got that ace in the hole. Throw that out there, and obviously Avery, 17 yard. That is a monster number. That is a yeah. monstrous number. Like, what's the second team? Do you have that up the sill? Or? Uh, yes, I do. The second team is the Ravens at 13.2. That is – so both those numbers are really high because a good kick, a good punt return team is, like, between – nine and 11 like that like you're really good if you do that and for both those teams to be exponentially higher than that is pretty spectacular and for them to be four yards higher than the um uh the than the ravens yeah is is crazy so that is definitely something i'm really glad you because again you know when you're watching the film when you're watching the cutups you're like yeah they're pretty good at this but to get that number associated with that holy cow so they need to be dialed in on that for sure and that could be something that tips the tide of the game absolutely We'll have London Fletcher on the other side of the break, giving his breakdown of the game, plus talking about the recent call he got as a semifinalist to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 